0: Hi and welcome to the podcast. You're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Troy Conrad, who is a photographer, performer, and the inventor of the Setlist Show, or co-inventor of the Setlist Show, which is an incredible show. If you get a chance to see it, do. Uh, we had a really interesting chat in his offices in LA a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I'm I'm trying to remember that as best I can in order to give a good description of it. I remember being incredibly moved by his willingness to talk about um, the vulnerabilities and regrets and emotions of trying to um, trying to reconfigure his his personality, the flaws and difficulties that he's had in the past, his response to criticism and to the help of of friends. I think it's a it's a fascinating conversation. I'm looking forward to re listening to it. I hope you enjoy listening to it too. I wanted to say thank you so much uh, to everybody who's been contributing to the Patreon. Um, it's a phenomenal thing. The support is both uh, real financial and also incredible emotionally. Uh, Cecile, James, Carl, Joshua, Gustavo, um, Casey Lee, Alex, Annabelle, Sachin. Uh, Daniel, Michael, Joe, Patricia, Julia, Jeff, uh, Sarah, Andrew, uh, Tim, Cliff, uh, and and Dan. Just really, it's phenomenal to get this kind of support. It helps me do what I do, um, and everybody who has been, uh, who has been sending me emails uh, at. Alice R. Fraser at gmail.com or tweeting me at alliterative that is also an incredible and tangible feeling of support that helps me to uh, do this and feel good both of those things uh, if you if you feel like supporting the podcast uh, on the patreon patreon.com/ Alice Fraser is the place to do that um, but if you prefer to support in non-financial ways uh, telling a friend about the podcast is good or leaving a good review on iTunes all of those things really add up and um, it's good, it's fantastic. I'm so happy to do this and do what I've been doing. I am in Australia at the moment, hanging out at my dad's house and uh, it's it's lovely to be home. I will be in London soon, um, if my visa comes through I'll be uh, in London doing the live Bugle on the 16th of November if you're there, or if you listen to the Bugle um, you can probably get access to it even if you're not there on the night. But I look forward to seeing you. It's really nice when when people come up and they say they've heard about it or they've heard me on The Bugle or or on this podcast. I get get really starstruck. I'm going to stop rambling now and let you get on with listening to this podcast. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. You're having tea with Alice. So who are you and what are you drinking? I'm Troy Conrad
1: and I'm drinking a lemon, an herbal lemon tea, a triple. I got one wow. triple bag.
0: A triple bag that is very intense herbal tea.
1: Oh well, you know what? I don't drink a ton of tea, and so I just figured I'd uh, you know do it all at once. <laughs> well,
0: that's that is a good attitude. I, I approve. So is it very intensely
2: flavored?
1: Yeah, it's great. And I've been drinking I've been drinking uh, everything with lemon because uh, as I've been reading about this, the more we alkalize our body, the better. But what happens when you drink lemon water, and lemon tea would also be similar, but when you drink lemon water, you're, um, it has something to do with the way your body processes it, uh, it gets your body more alkaline. And when your body's more alkaline, uh, you uh, you live longer, you fight free radicals, your body doesn't attach cancer and antioxidants. It has The body has trouble um, collecting those things.
0: Really? Yeah. I have not... I've I've seen uh, alkaline water and all sorts of things sold, but I don't know about the science behind it, or even if it is science. Yeah, is it's, it it's, is it woo woo or is it science?
1: Super super legit science. One of the guys who's the pioneer was actually uh, very much ridiculed by the scientific community. His name is Wim Hof. W i m h o f.
2: Oh, he
0: does the cold yes. stuff. Yes,
1: and so everyone called him a quack, and everyone said, and kind of mocked him. And so he actually ended up setting, I want to say, it was either 21 or 31 world records based on all his science. Wow. So he actually could personally back up his claims. And so when he started setting these records, the scientific community went, oh, we we're, were being stupid, stupid heads. So they apologized and they've now... Uh, completely retracted anything because now it's all peer reviewed and it's all a world record zoo. There's no there's no cheating those. Like this dude did this guy climbed his he climbed Mount Everest in his shorts. You don't there's no workaround for that. There's no like aha, it was an illusion. Look, no, he had shorts on. Yeah, because he can regulate his body temperature. Is that is that generalizable, or is he just
0: just an an extraordinary extraordinary person? Generalizable
1: for anyone through breathing. He actually brings up like old people, all kinds of people, and they has has them do the same thing. You can regulate it through your breathing and through uh, alkalizing your body, as well as all the cold stuff that he does, which is like exposing your body to extreme cold and then sometimes extreme heat. You stress your body out. And then your body brings out all these defenses, making you stronger.
0: Yeah, well, the, yeah, the hormetic response certainly I know is a real thing. That's what any kind of athletic training or anything is, is right. introducing some measurable amount of stress and then reacting to it.
2: Right. That's uh, I, well, I why exercise that. is good for us, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to look into the science of it. I'll have yeah. to uh, do my own uh, research and, and see if I should be drinking alkaline water.
1: Yeah, I. Uh, well... I just started uh, about a month ago, and uh, I I think it's, I mean, it's not like, hey, I feel it, like, but you just know what you're doing to your body, so I feel good about it. You
0: feel good, and And also, also, you know, probably probably more smug. smug.
1: Uh, yes, oh, oh a very area. Oh, name. you drinking the regular stuff? I walk no. by strangers on the street. Oh, is that regular water? <laughs> oh, this is the alkaline. I know it's more
0: expensive. It's very good <laughs> for you to feel um, the smug. It's a good, good health benefit.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, ha- I don't have that uh, thing, but but I, I'm not like a vegan. Uh, I think smugness, although I have a good friend who's not a, sm- uh, a smug in any way. She's a vegan. I rarely meet non smug vegans. Yeah,
0: yeah it, sort it sort of comes with the territory. territory. Yeah, uh, it's part of it. I think, I think that you, there's plenty of good ethical reasons to be vegan, uh, but there is a sort true. of a purity smugness that comes to it. Right. Uh, that can be off putting for people who are, you know, being ranked on a scale of morality that they didn't know existed or that they didn't feel should apply to them.
1: I did 15 years as a vegetarian and I was, uh, I'd say maybe like eight of those years, very evangelical. Like friends eating in front of me, I would say something Mm -hmm. so terrible and i look back now to go uh can i ever forgive myself like just for it's just terrible to do that because now i see people do it and i go
0: oh no i was that guy oh you were i I mean mean, it's it's quite quite hard hard to do do on on the road in america to eat eat, i mean to to eat healthily healthily at all yeah i mean
1: it it was all right it was there's so many now there's so many options to to get food that's not meat. Even fast food places have so many options. McDonald's has salads, which I would never do, but uh, it's pretty amazing. Like you can actually avoid some of that stuff. Um, I was at
0: uh, my friends Dan and, and Toby took me out to Universal Studios um, on the anniversary of my mom's death to kind of keep me busy, and I went. We went around and saw all the rides. It was really, really interesting and really fun. And uh, we went to have food and I asked if there was a vegetarian option uh, and uh, they said, well, we've got the turkey, which I thought was interesting yeah. <laughs> as a response. Uh, and it's more just, uh, I'm terrified of eating meat in America, particularly. Really? Well, yeah. Because
1: we have uh, so many hormones and everything else. Yeah, yeah. well,
0: I, I watched Food Inc. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Before I came out to New York the first time <laughs> no. to, to live here, and it just freaked me out about your food production.
1: Yeah, I, I will not watch that because uh, I just started eating meat recently, so um, so I, I can't I can't do anything to ruin this nice new newfound passion for hamburgers.
0: What made you decide to start eating meat again?
1: Um. Or was it That's a really good question. I mean, it, it, it happened slowly. Did it
0: feel like a backsliding? Or well, oh,
1: I mean, so so I actually, I started eating fish many years ago. Then I started eating chicken like 10 years ago or more. No, sorry. I'm going to say, yeah, maybe 15 years ago. Uh, and, then I, um, and then I started, yeah, just chicken and fish. But then I went to hamburgers about a year, year ago.
0: Any distinctive, distinctive moments because I, I that choices, Yeah. The, so them. the
1: choice was this: I am um, trying to eat a higher fat diet, mm-hmm. uh, and I also like a lot of calories. I'm, I'm a I have a high metabolism, a family thing. Uh, I want those calories, and I'm greedy. So <laughs> I want I like fat. I want all I want all the fat. I want the saturated fat. I want all unsaturated. I want all the fat mm-hmm. um, because. I want to stay away from the carbs and the things that make us hungry and the things that break down as sugars in our body because they're not good for us. And by the way, there's people listening going, hey, wait, I must have dialed into the health podcast. We're just chatting about, uh, you know, food this is. I
0: mean, it's an interesting, it it is is an interesting time for that stuff because for many, many, many years, uh, there was a food pyramid, a generally accepted science, that is now being seriously questioned and undermined and rewritten and restructured all of the kind of solid gold doctor wisdom that you had in the past 30 years of, you know, educating people about their health has kind of been chucked out the window.
1: Yeah. And being yeah.
0: replaced with a whole lot of other stuff.
1: Right. It's amazing, yeah. Because, yeah, we had this thing in America in the um, 70s where everyone was eating these high-fat diets and they, they started finding that people were healthier at those times and then when everything all these companies put low fat and all this stuff people start getting fatter and less healthy so they found it's because they're adding sugar when you take away fat you either have to have um, more carbs or more sugar you have to add sugar to get the flavor so yeah. anyway that's all uh, well, crazy. in terms of sort of the team alice
0: remit it is interesting when there is a simple answer that is the wrong answer right. uh, the, the the fat, fat e- equals fat e- eating fat, fat makes you fat, fat. Is a very simple and appealing answer, and it's not actually the correct answer.
1: Not always. I mean, it, it's certainly, it's very dense, it's high in calories, but it's what, uh, in my opinion, uh, it's what I like, and it's what, you know, we ate as prehistoric humans. Not that that's an argument. Um, but that's how, for many, many uh, thousands of years, we, um, you know, humans survived. So we're, we were built for lean game meat. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I don't know. I want to talk about your special on this podcast oh, well, because I watched your special, and uh, and I found it. I, first of all, I hope uh, that you are a nat- like a nationally celebrated person for this. <laughs> I mean, it was on. I don't know because I haven't been. I haven't been in Australia now in three years, two three years. Uh, but uh, it's the kind of thing that is like. I don't watch so I don't watch a lot of comedy specials because sometimes I even know oh I know they're gonna be funny and I know they but for me I'm I need a little more than that I need so, I need something someone who's actually taking a risk I need someone who is um, speaking truth when it's not as popular and 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 this fulfilled all of that for me so wow. thank you for making it and uh, congratulations I, and again I seriously if you're if you're not a nationally celebrated person in in your native country of Australia, um, there should be somebody listening who is like getting on that right now.
0: I mean, uh, thank you you very very much. Like seriously, (laughs) holy shit! (laughs) Oh, thank you. I I really appreciate that. It's available online uh, if people want to buy it.
1: Is that true in America as well? Can people? uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The the link is on my um, on my website. You can buy the download or the USB, um, or if you sign up to my Patreon, you get it uh, for well, well, not for free when you sign up to my Patreon at the five dollar level. But um, this is not to advertise me. Mm. i assume this is relevant to your what What you've been thinking about what you've been been wrestling wrestling with recently
1: yes yeah so your special
0: this this is the resistance yeah
1: the resistance it's called the resistance and then of course that's an, an additional conversation is the resistance we all struggle with and that and that is still a theme of this but like for me um you talked about uh something about uh you had this this Bit where you spoke very fast as a reason for relationships not working and you talked about something about resisting um, uh, maybe you can clarify for me you said something like um, like avoiding or not putting in n- not wanting the conflict right that's what it was yes it was it was that avoidance of conflict yes right? um. so what I've been um, wrestling with is is confronting my own avoidance. So, I was married for 15 years, and... uh,
0: Well done, that's a good run. run.
1: Uh, It was a good run. It was a good run. Uh, And that, just uh, I wanna say, just over two and a half years ago that uh, that ended, and and, and then I had a girlfriend who I recently broke up with. Uh, Her name is Jen, and she is a psychologist, social psychologist. She's, she's a research person, not like a clinical person. Uh, but she knows a lot of stuff. And so it's, uh, I can't, I, I have to say, if you're an introspective person like me, um, I didn't realize, it's the, probably the best thing is if you are if capable of dating someone <laughs> <laughs> and then doing something to mess that relationship up and then be good enough of a person and get over your own shit, so you could be friends with that person. Yeah. Uh, and then they tell you things that <laughs> that are like uh, better than an analyst can do because it's actually just like she'll like cite research of like, oh yeah, so you have this, um, you have this, you know, person. So what I've been wrestling with is my um, my avoidance in relationships. Like, like I it it just opened up. So so basically, it's like. Uh, I'm a person who is pushing. uh, I pushed her away, and then she'd pull me back in, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: that's sort of the. That that
0: was the the dynamic that
1: you said. That's the seesaw. Well, we did. That's as uh, Garth Brooks would say, "the dance." (laughs) (laughs) That that is the the thing that we were in. Maybe not aware, but that's like I didn't know that at the time. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That happened often, Mm -hmm. and that's a pattern. I think maybe she recognized it. But, um, but the fact that I do that, I'm wrestling with, how do I, um, am I going to be able to not do that? Like That's literally all, for the last couple of weeks, that's all I've been thinking about. Like,
0: can you change something that is kind of a fundamental part of the way you relate to other people? Right. Can you change that? I mean, not but even just the behavior, but the urge or the, the compulsion, because otherwise... Yeah, that's really interesting because right. I, I, this is the thing that I think about often is if you change yourself, is it. You can change your behavior, but then are you not just acting? Are you not just performing? Well, uh, not just like being insincere. So
1: I think if, if there's a core issue that's driving it, then you can absolutely change. It's mm-hmm. like getting that. Like I've watched. People change I've done a lot of workshops of like self I've uh, since I was like 19 years old I've done self development workshops those those seminars you go to and you you know just to get some sort of enlightenment or some tool that you can use or whatever I've done that forever yeah. I joined every religion I always wanted to find that, those answers and those things to to be just a self actualized human being well now I, I I thought I had it all figured out, and then it, you know, and then a marriage ends, and then I had one relationship that uh, after that, and that ended, and I I'm like I started having this these hindsights of like oh is that how I do things like you know like that's gonna repeat itself, but now I'm aware of it. So anyway, that's the wrestle. Is like how not not just how do I change, but like am I going to be able to and what do I have to do to do that? Yes. Because there's going to be some core issue. Am I super afraid? Am I afraid of having another relationship? Like, am I afraid to trust somebody after, like, not like, I would say that my trust in my marriage was, um, was at the level of, Not even trust, it was taking for granted. (laughs) Like that's how much, but that's, and that's the problem.
0: Was that that point point where, where, yeah, where your marriage becomes your your family family, and then it's just your family and you take your
1: family? I took her for granted all the time. So that, that, um, so, so then to not have to have that sort of rug pulled out uh, because she left, uh, that, that was really tough and confronting, right? So I always thought everything was fine, <laughs> and that's how I guess a lot of guys do relationships generally. Is
2: oh,
0: I thought everything was fine. No,
1: that's what women are give it, are like the check.
0: Yeah, there's a really strong model for men on how to get a relationship, and you know that is under discussion and all of this. Oh now, my there's, god! There's a really good yes. sort of. Uh, there's, well, there's a lot of different, but generally there's there's quite a lot of good information about how to. Pursue a lady and yes. get a woman. And there is not quite as much about how to be a good
1: <laughs> after yeah exactly partner or husband. And there is, for women, there is an idea of
0: what a good partner is and whether it's feminist or unfeminist, whether it's outdated or not, you, right. you do get told not just how to but also that it is important to keep your man happy and look after him or, you know fighting that that you don't need to change yourself for a man but all but even that discourse presumes that women know that that's part of the game once you're in a relationship how do you keep it functional how do you keep it happy how do you maintain it and I don't think there's a lot of that for men
1: there's no pickup line for maintaining a relationship
0: yeah, other than mm-hmm. sort of, you, in the popular culture at least, like, like get, get your, your secretary, secretary to buy her flowers. Like that seems <laughs> to be like the most that there is. Or, oh
1: or, my know. God. Yeah. What, I, what
0: is there for, for men?
1: Maybe men would that? have better skills if there were no flowers.
0: Like no maybe flowers. we need to, basically we
1: may, need to have some sort of, Uh, extinction event where all the flowers are gone and then men have to really work on things in advance
0: (laughs) yeah well (laughs) it's that thing of of how do you show that somebody is important to you over an extended period of time yeah
1: women love flowers though yeah
0: I mean that's it's a symbol saying that i thought of you and you're important to me yes uh, and, and women sort of have a whole vocabulary for how to do that. Yeah, that's whether true. Whether it's, you know, cooking or, oh my God. you know, even the way that, that sex is marketed to us, that, that it's a, a gesture by the woman rather than a desire on the part of the woman. However true that is, that's part of the culture, so that yeah. when a woman has sex with her husband, it's seen by him at least as a, as a gesture yeah. as much as it is a, as a connection.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a strange transaction to me. Uh, but,
0: but not vice versa. versa. No woman will ever look at her husband's boner and go, "Oh, it's so nice that he cares."
1: <laughs> but and and see, that's to me a tragedy because I think women should 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 adopt that. Should see the boner and go, "Oh my god, he cares!" Like he cares. He really loves me.
0: He really loves me. Well, like I'm
1: I'm serious.
0: I, I I know too, but I think I. I think that the at least what the culture tells you about the boner is that it happens, you know, sort of uh unwilling and non. Uh, unimportant, unimportant to a certain, certain extent because, because that is, is also, also what men say If they're attracted to other women It's just my boner, boner talking and,
1: and, you know. Oh, 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 right, right, right Oh, yeah, no, I see, I see what you're saying I mean, I'm, there's uh, Obviously there's has to be context In what I'm saying uh, I mean, in a Let's say in a committed relationship mm. uh, Which is In in my head That's what I'm thinking Like, the boners yeah. there Love the boner Embrace the boner um, <laughs> and, and because uh, Because uh, I think I think the idea of seeing things transactionally, to me that leads to a different type of world where you do this for me and all that. I think um, uh, it's sort of the job, I, I think the guy's job to inspire the woman to, uh, or the, the whatever, I don't know. There's so much now with changes of, of all kinds of identities and everything, but I, I th- let's just say, I think that it's the guy's job to... Um, to inspire the woman to love Mm -hmm. and but that also you know it still goes both ways um it's the woman's job to um to inspire things as well
0: yeah i think it is i think the interesting thing about transactional relationships is that this is just my theory and i'm working it out on the fly so bear with me um I think if you see it as, uh, and again, I'm just using the language of heterosexual relationships because by numbers, those are the greatest. I don't want to exclude anyone. But say person A, if if person A is doing something for person B and expects something in return, then it's a transactional relationship, right? But if you're both paying into a third corporate person, which is the relationship then it becomes a different thing. I if you love can that you be, said that. You can pay into a relationship and just that, that gesture brings something back to you. So you're not demanding something of the other person. Exactly. You're not demanding a quid pro quo. You're paying into this Into bank. the relationship. And I think that's the real tragedy of when any relationship ends um, is that that third party, even if the both of you are happier for not having the relationship anymore, that third party dies.
1: Ah. Uh. Oh my God, that's uh, that just got me. It's tragic. I'm still going through like uh, so much of the breakup emotions and all that. Like you know, where I I miss her. My my this. I'm talking about um, my my girlfriend that we broke up. I still miss her so much. And so that third that third person that relationship is still there. And yet both of us in our heads know. And thank God we're friends. Um, um, both of us still know that we can't that there's no the math doesn't work out we can't be together yeah. it sucks we can't it's just a thing but but i i don't I, I don't love her any less and and now we have a friendship and and i also you know same with my ex-wife and that took a while but that is the best thing that i could have ever worked on is doing that because that's healing for both people
0: yeah
1: um and uh i think of it like this now and this is recent um, a relationship is like Shark Tank. You bring in all your luggage,
2: okay, <laughs>
1: all your stuff, and you say, hey, guys. And Shark Tank is the person that you love. But also, I guess it's almost that third person as well, right? Yeah. Let's just say then both people walk into Shark Tank. And the sharks are that third person, that relationship that's getting in. But that relationship's going, yeah, so I see you got some avoidance issues. I mean, uh, so what? You ever hang up on her? Uh, I, I, did, I did it a couple times. I was really upset. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna say right now, how, what is it they say on Shark Tank? Like, uh, at, at this time, it's, What are they, do you remember? I
0: have no idea. You've never watched the show? I've never watched the show, but I I know it's an American show, but I saw that.
1: Okay. Um, but I, uh, so I, I just realized that if they don't have an
0: Australia, I'm they making do a TV have it reference. In Australia, yeah, no, okay, it's, okay. it's me, it is, it is a severe lack in my kind of makeup that I don't really know a lot of pop culture. I don't watch TV. And yeah. I should in the industry that I'm in, I don't.
1: Out, yeah, yeah so, well I mean it's one of the few things that I watch but uh, and I haven't in a while but you know it's basically they say yeah this time it's not for me you know I'm a, I'm sorry I'm you know whatever their right. thing is I forget they have a catchphrase but
0: it's but, not you it's, it's me. me it's not you it's me <laughs>
1: right it's it's like hey I'm gonna have to pass it this yeah. time you know and that's what it's like I'm gonna have to pass it this time well y- you want that product to succeed if so, you have to do all these things. So, some people, they have to go back out there. They get rejected. They got to go fix their business and then make it work on their own. And that's what everybody has to do. So, you got to go fix it and find out what those issues are that are preventing you from like, fully loving a person and seeing all those obstacles and then finding a way to get aware of them and then work around them. I mean, or else, it's always going to be the same thing of like, oh, yeah, this, this one didn't work out. Yeah. Another business failed.
0: Yeah, that's brutal, man.
1: Yeah, it's brutal. But it's also, you know, we're, what else are we going to do? Like, we can't not... We have to just go out there and keep, keep uh, investing. Yeah. You know? Come cool. back to on, the next, on the next season of Shark Tank and pitch again. Hey, guess what? I'm less I f- of a dick. I or fixed it. Whatever. Yeah, and, and I guess fixing is a tough word, right? Because we don't fix things. We are who we are, but... But there are things that we can be aware of and, and and change. I've had things like that where I've changed, but
2: it's hard,
0: you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's a really fascinating thing to be wrestling with. Yeah. Um, particularly as somebody who is in the industry of comedy, broadly speaking, you're a photographer, you're a comedian, you're an improviser, you're one of the inventors of a few formats, including Setlist, yeah. which is the one that is famous in Australia. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, those are all, you know, those are all things we all, to do all those things, you have to overcome those obstacles and that avoidance, right? And so if I can do that in my professional life, then I could do it in my relationships, but somehow I'm not, right? It's What's like, the there's some payoff, There's there must be some payoff or something that is, like, the payoff might be protecting myself from getting hurt, right? By not, by avoiding, by by uh you know um when there's a conflict i tend to run from it i don't like and and not like not like oh i won't argue no i'll argue but then when it gets to this point of just frustration or whatever it's like i just want to go
0: yeah that's
1: that's not healthy like and you can't do that in your professional life you can't do as a comic as a comic i had terrible gigs i still stayed doing stand-up you know yeah so there's, I guess, what I'm saying. Like I'm figuring this all out as I'm talking, but like, that's exactly there, what I want. Yeah, there is a, there is a, uh, a path that that I don't fully see yet, but I'm, I think I'm gonna get there.
0: Yeah, I think as, I mean, maybe, maybe then taking comedy, comedy as your, as your guide, the, the only, only way to do <laughs> it is doing it. Yeah, like the more you, to <laughs> a certain extent, if you. This was the thing that I noticed in America because you guys don't have the pressure to turn over a new hour every year. So when I started up in the New York comedy scene, you'd see people doing the same material every night and they thought that they were going for their dream, they thought they were pursuing it, they thought they were on the path, but they were just groundhog daying it. They weren't learning from their mistakes. So I think to a certain extent you have to think and reflect as you go every gig you need to take a new
1: groundhog day in it
0: you don't you know I, love I mean. it. no no I'm saying how
1: much I love like that's the takeaway from this don't groundhog day it. yeah like like that's you, you don't come back on shark tank the next season with the same product yes and the same pitch and the same like you have to like if you're gonna bring the same product back it better be insanely amazing because everyone already said no <laughs> like they they you don't even get a second chance on that show you know like rarely yeah so it better be insanely amazing just like when you mess up something in a relationship which everybody has something they can find that they messed up it's never one person and uh finding that thing is is the key yeah
0: i think the problem is that there's a comfort in replicating your mistakes
1: oh it's very comfortable it'd, it'd be way more comfortable to keep doing what i'm doing but i 'm um, happy to sit in emotional pain and that 's part of being a comic is you get used to emotional pain because if you ever have a bad set, you feel terrible and your body feels depressed and so I think as a con- I, th- I think I got used to some of that just from my earliest days in stand up was the worst yeah of the of those like downtimes or where the club owner i have one club owner who' like my it was my my first feature week uh middling and he said. He goes, hey, man. He goes, I saw what you are doing there. He goes, you basically got 15 minutes of material, and you're filling the other 15 with fluff. Oh. <laughs> oh. And I was so, I was shocked. And I was like, what? That's outrageous. And he was 100% right. And I went home, and uh, I went back to the condo that night, and I, I looked at everything seriously. I, had, I just had, like, just this, this mix in my stomach of, like, butterflies and sadness and anger and i just used that to write more and to flush stuff out and to organize what i was doing and so that made me better that guy yeah. that club owner
2: well better at comedy but not necessarily better oh. at dealing with your
0: pain in ways other than comedy
1: oh god that's a very that's a very good point because i know for me that's a
0: it's definitely a way that i'll digest things is through create making something out of them and then i feel productive and then i feel like i've used (sighs) that for something but i haven't necessarily dealt with the thing that caused it in the first place i feel like i've addressed it because i've talked about it i've made it into something funny i've made it into something positive from something negative negative. But the thing is still there, the badness is still there, the cause is still
1: there. I'll go to work and I'll make, I'll just make some amazing image or since I don't do much stand-up anymore, I'm I'm not in the performance part of things and I, I'm much more like, that's my dog. Uh, I much more enjoy um, either writing or, you know, making beautiful images so... Um, so that's how I deal with it. Like, I'm, I'm still dealing with things by not, by dealing with them in a different way, not addressing the issues, right? Yeah, so, coming
0: at them head on. Which, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not, not good, good at that th- either. I, I think th- there are a lot of stand ups who keep, keep themselves in really bad ways of living, really self destructive mm-hmm. psychologies because they feel either. Um, either sort of intuitively or directly that part of their pain is part of their process. They'll So they won't... They won't.
1: Mm. Oh, oh, oh! I get that. Oh, no, my God, I, yes.
0: I wouldn't be as good a comedian if I weren't depressed. I wouldn't be as good a comedian if I didn't drink. I wouldn't Don't take
1: my alcoholism away. It's my blanket. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. totally.
0: Oh, I, you know, being a sex addict means I have all these great stories to do on stand-up. Oh, man. All of that stuff, I think i, I think, think is you know maybe, maybe it's true, true even maybe, maybe it's true, true to a certain extent that those things help them with their stand-up up, but what, what they, they don't help them with is being a human being
1: that's true and and who knows though by having that honesty of what they're going through that just makes everything better like that make doesn't that make their stand up? like i mean there are people who self-actualize their lives like okay i guess i don't need to do this anymore but i don't know about those like like I've seen great comment. Mark Maron um, went through all kinds of transformations. Um, I remember when he, when he went through awful divorce and he went through, you know, all all these addictions, and then he comes through it with something amazing. But it took him a long, long time to get there. But I don't think he would. I don't think it's a matter of getting rid. Like that you're getting rid of your demons, uh, gets rid of your art. But I think managing your demons gives you more control of your art.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty um, boring in terms of my kind of... I've never been a party person. I've never gone down that particular path. So I don't like the idea that you need to be fucked up to be good at something. I don't like the idea of a tortured artist. I think it's a, a fiction that is... You know, has some small seed of truth, but it's something that was promoted by the by the by the Romantics back during like back when Shelley and Byron and all of those people were writing, and they created this idea that art was divinely inspired, and that you were just the vessel of it. And it's a you know, it's a craft. It's as hard it's hard work. And of course, of course, if you're just a mechanical joke robot, you know, needs to have some flavor of yourself and some flavor of kind of humanity and vulnerability in it so you need to not be a sociopath but equally you don't need to be messed up to be a good anything no
1: No, that's it's that's not true yeah i don't i I don't know that's a really interesting question i don't know the answer to of like how much um of of being really messed up contributes there is an element to that but but the idea that you can't deal with that like that's that doesn't help. I don't know that that helps art. Maybe it does. I, mean, I, I don't hope know. It's
0: not true. I don't have all the I hope answers. It's not true. When I started comedy, I used to think, "What's wrong with them?" When you know that's one of the reasons why I started doing comedy is I'd see someone on stage and i go, "Well, what's their issue or what's their problem?" Oh. But, but equally, um, you know, Robin Williams said, "Every comedian has one sick parent, either psychologically or physically ill." And I would like to contradict that, but I <laughs> have. Well, I had one, one sick parent, parent so I, I can't, I'm no, ex- huh. I'm no exception oh, to so that interesting. rule of thumb. Oh, my God.
1: I hope that's not true. No, well, you're, yeah, you're, uh, I mean, I, I don't, well, I, I didn't have sick, pa- I, had, I had, my mom's, you know, a little bit of a hypochondriac, but, uh, um, yeah, there was some element of that. That's so interesting. Kind of like as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, no, that seems pretty true. Yeah, but, you it, don't but want it's to not be true, but it's not. I mean, when I first started doing stand up I used to have a joke that kinda of related to this. It was a stupid joke, but uh, like the, the principle was that you'd never see a Mormon stand up comic because Mormons have, like they're very family oriented and they, they live pretty clean and they don't seem to have a lot of issues. And prescription drugs occasionally. But the joke was, you know, like, there's no material there for them because their lives are pretty normal, like, in terms of what we think of as normal. And, I don't know, there's an element, there's not a lot of Mormon stand up. There's a couple, um, but... I
0: mean, the, the Mormon stand-ups that you have are usually ex-Mormon stand-ups.
1: Right, they're ex-Mormons, yeah, exactly. And so, so yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's an interesting thing. But, you know... Um, I don't think that... Um, I, I certainly don't want to be attached to that, and I don't want to have um, that as a blanket, that avoidance, something that ended uh, a marriage and then a relationship with uh, the girl that I loved very deeply. So, you know, that, you know, and a marriage that I loved her very deeply and never thought that, like, just... Like I said, I took it for granted. I never thought... I was like, oh, we can marry until one of us dies. Like, that's just...
0: That's how, how it works.
1: That's how it works. And, um, you know, but you, you can't, that's the thing is, with avoidance, you don't, you're not aware of it all the time. And so, um, you know, you, you have to find what the, what the source is. I haven't found that yet. But I just know that it's, I'm getting insights. And like, um, so with, with, my, with uh, Jen that I broke up with, uh, I'm sure other people do this. When you break up with someone, there's a lot of uh, emotional things going on. You changed their name on your phone. I did this. I changed her name on my phone. So like the first one was like, uh, "Do not answer," you know. And then, and then I like, uh, and then I had this period where I was like, I really miss her. And so, and then we we were talking again. And then uh, I think I changed I changed it too. And I was hurt by something. I was like, uh, she doesn't like th- her name on the phone was, she. Doesn't care about you or something like that and then it became then it changed to um, She was the wrong person. So now I'm in a blaming stage there, right? Like she, oh, she's the wrong person And so now I feel where it is right now her name in my phone is is her name plus I was being the wrong person and For me and that and I, I, I get to see that on my phone and every day i'm reminded that i was being the wrong person that way in that relationship I was that way in my marriage i i I think i think entropy took over in my marriage but like that that was that happened you know so now i have to now i'm like smacked in the face like who now i gotta become the person that i i was and that i that i want to be
0: that's, yeah, that's a really useful way to use technology, which I think can otherwise be a very destructive uh,
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, it can be, it can be. But I'm, I'm lucky that, um, I think for me, the biggest thing is being able to apologize. Like, that's something that, um, it's not always easy, but it's something that I think I wrestled with a long time ago, and now I don't have to wrestle with that. Like, I, I will say I'm sorry, I'll give up the ego, I'll say I'm sorry.
2: Yeah,
0: I, I, have, I do, don't like to be wrong, uh, but I now have trained myself well enough that if, I am, if I'm wrong, the moment I realise I'm wrong, I will throw myself on my sword immediately. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll explain why I did what I did, thinking that I was right, but occasionally you just oh. go, there is no excuse. Mm. for this and I was strong.
1: wrong yes my my ego gets really strong and then I I find a way to like not be responsible for something or, or like explain it away like well I had this and this but in the end you just you get to see what your results are yeah. broken relationships and, I don't you know.
0: I don't think explanations are always defensive necessarily I think sometimes and, and, I, think and I think often they're seen as always defensive
1: uh, yes but yes that I is true I think
0: sometimes they're just a really good layout of a of a fact scenario to use legal terms of like what led me to this point right while recognizing rec- while recognizing that I was wrong
1: or right right the right wrong, yes
0: here were the things that I believed here is the thing that was driving me just so you know for the future this is the kind of
2: right this is how it played out this it is, is
1: the- I like that you say it this is the thing that was driving me like it almost is sometimes like there is like we're a car and there's a crazy person driving us like sometimes it is the, it feels that way and you have to figure out who that is driving and then and know how they turn where they where they turned they always hey how come they never use their turn signal when they go down this street like what's that about you start finding that stuff out and then and that's how you i think that's how you make relationships last longer i'm, I'm like having a marriage for 15 years a, a lot of that was both of us were able to say we are sorry like and then we made up like it was it was really great and there's a point, there reached a point where that just didn't, you know, that didn't work anymore. Like, so you, because I was Groundhog Day in it. <laughs> yeah, when,
0: when you just go, yep, sorry, and yeah. move on, and
1: don't. Don't change. Like, don't, and, and again, it's hard to, it's hard to change to change things. Like, and, and there's some things I think that people have to accept and um, not make it mean, like, oh, I leave my socks on the floor. Yeah, that, of course that means I don't love you. Like, that, that is, and by the way, that's a real thing with almost every relationship I know is specifically with the socks.
0: Don't leave socks on the floor.
1: A woman seeing a man's socks on the floor, by the way, I'm making these statistics up. All right. 90% of men leave their socks on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Uh, and, and 90% of women make that mean that uh, the men don't care about them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand how that works on, I guess, both ends yeah. because I've been both careless and uh, the receiver of carelessness in my time, which is you think you're asking me to do this task for you and when I do it, you won't notice that I've done it.
1: Um so, but the man, that's thinks, true. I'm not asking that anyone is, to
0: do anything. I'm just putting my socks on the floor. Uh, th- right. Just leave them on the floor. Why don't you leave them on the floor?
1: Right. Yeah, just leave them there. You don't have to pick up. Like, yeah, th- that's that's such a that's a whole like microcosm of a
0: relationship. I think that one socks. of the. I think that is maybe this is me again. Spitballing. That's a manifestation of the fact that we treat mental health very differently from the way we treat physical health. True. So, if your partner had a mild allergy, not even a big one, just like made their throat a bit tight or made their skin a little bit itchy for a few hours, a mild allergy to tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And then every day you made dinner and in it you had tomatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you knew it oh would cause, like, you should have oh no. remembered that it would cause them some discomfort. Oh my God. Right? I can't believe you brought this up.
2: <laughs> oh my God. What you I, did that? I did that exact thing.
1: <laughs> uh, Jen was allergic to chicken, which uh. I didn't even know existed. And uh, it, uh, um, a couple weeks ago, she was she was sick, and I I had uh, I, I sent her some a whole big thing, a bunch of different varieties of chicken soup. Oh. And she called me. and She goes, um, "You remember that uh, that thing? Remember that time at the restaurant when that thing?" Had chicken in it and I got sick, and I was like, Yeah? She goes, You sent me chicken soup. Oh. I was like, Oh no. Like that literally happened to me, right? Again, groundhog dang it ruins everything. It does, man. It was an instinct. And then I didn't stop and think. Okay, so there's a crazy person driving, and they just want to get there as fast as possible. Yeah, oh, well, I just want to make it feel better. Okay, you, want, that was, yeah, you that wanted to That turn. was flowers, but that was it. Was well intentioned. It was good. It was the the only intention was I just want to get better. And yeah, you know it's, what I mean. A like, counts, she's a friend now, and yeah. you
0: gave a half thought. <laughs> right,
1: right. Which, which is
0: still, still nice. You know, know it's still a nice gesture. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it's, it's the, the wrong one.
1: The wrong, the absolute r- <laughs> wrong one. I. I basically put out a fire with gasoline. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, you know, uh, that, again, that's just, that's one of those, and that's a thing, that's a real thing, That that's not just, I mean, I can't name another time I did that exact thing, but I've certainly done things like that, and, and it's just a consciousness, that's where, you know, maybe I do need some meditation. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm never going to be one who recommends against meditation.
1: Yeah, I, I'm glad. I need I, the more. I need more people to, to tell me that because I need I need that motivation because it's very difficult for me and I don't like sitting alone with my thoughts.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's one of the hardest things in the world to
1: do. It is, but I think you do, That's maybe that's how you figure out that person driving, you know, like because you're making their the car stop and you you know.
0: Having, having a look under, under the hood. Yeah, As yeah, you were. get like,
1: check, hey, let's check the car out. This thing's been on the road for, like, nonstop. stop so sort of like mid-air refueling.
0: Yeah, mid-air, wow, mid-air refueling.
1: You know? It is It is like that. From Like, if you, like, I don't meditate. I, I can't do yoga. Ah, uh, I, I mean, don't,
0: uh,
2: don't get me started. started. My dad,
0: dad would be very upset if he heard you comparing meditation
1: with yoga. Oh, no, I'm not, uh, well, but... I'm, saying I'm saying that <laughs> both of them are, are good for mental, uh, yeah, uh, I think any sort of discipline,
0: physical or psychological, is has knock-on effects. Yeah. I mean, practicing meditation or practicing yoga doesn't just make you good at meditation or yoga, and I think I realized that when I was doing athletics training, when I was running, because running didn't make me just good at running; it made me better at a lot of other things in my life.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you, not just the physical. You're not talking about just the um, the high you get and the endorphins, all that. But, no, well, the but fact that I
0: can run upstairs easier. No, no, I mean that that discipline in itself. The discipline itself. No matter what uh. you apply it to, it carries yes, over.
1: I agree with that.
0: In, and I think that that's a, really, that's a really good thing to remember when you're out of practice, as I am completely uh, unfit at the moment. Uh, but just remembering how much better it makes not just your fitness, but everything else.
1: Yeah, that's. I agree. I think. It, I think it spills over 100. Uh, percent
0: So, where can people find you online? Can people <laughs> find me on the web? Or is there anything else that you uh, want
1: to? Do? Uh, no, I. I mean, we, uh, thank you. This was really great. I hope. Um, I mean, uh, I, this is great. I. I have high hopes that uh, that the, that uh, I will win this wrestling match. I hope uh, if someone else wrestling with anything similar that uh, maybe it gives them some insight and. Uh, um, Feel free to tweet me any answers. Uh, I'm just Troy Conrad on Twitter, and then I don't really use a ton of social media these days. Uh, but um, nice but I do use I do use Instagram. Uh, I use Instagram uh, a good amount because I like posting uh, pictures. So my Instagram is Troy Conrad's with an S at the
0: end. Troy Conrad's on Instagram. Troy Conrad on Twitter. We if I if the LA podcast. Festival happens again, again next year. I will see you next year, or if you come yes. back to Melbourne, and we'll do a check-in and see how you're
1: going. Thank you. I would like to come out for setlist um, next year uh, at the festival, and so we'll see. Or maybe in Adelaide, I, I want to go so badly because it's been too long and it's such an amazing. I love it there. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, but, come over. Uh, Yeah, but thank you. This was uh, this was great. Oh,
0: it's it's my, my absolute pleasure. pleasure. Bye. Bye.
2: The doffers at every frame Loudly rifle doll Loudly rifle day On Monday morning When she comes in She hangs her coat On the highest pin Turns around for to view her frames Crying damn you offers Cry up your ends!" Loudly rifle doll Loudly rifle day And when the boss He looks round the door Tie our ends up, dawpers, oh, he will roar. Well, tie our ends up, we surely do. For Elsie Thompson, but not for you. Lally-right, oh, fall, loudly lally-right, day. Oh, Elsie Thompson is going away. Is it tomorrow or yet today? We'll tie our ends up and leave our frames And wait for Elsie to return again Loudly right for the, loudly right for